0: Hang on there one second. Let's go ahead and take a minute to pay the bills. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places that you like to listen to podcasts? Where do I find advertisers? The answer to every single one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100 free and 100 ridiculously easy to use. So if you're always wanted to start a podcast, go to Anchor.fm/start. That's Anchor.fm/start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor.fm/start. Can't wait to hear your podcast.
1: The following podcast has not been rated. One and only.
0: You're listening to Fullbacks Are People 2, The Fact. And here's your host, CJ Newman.
1: Hey, hey, hey.
0: You're listening to Fullbacks Are People 2 The Fapt. Happy week four, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you have had a great NFL season so far. I want to go ahead and start off by apologizing, which I've done several times in the history of this damn podcast, but uh, I've been very busy for the past couple of weeks. I got a new job going on down here in Baltimore. Um, looking forward to the, what the future brings with that and been pretty busy studying for the Masters coming up. Um. Looking forward to a future, man, but I'm back. I'm here. I hope you're still subscribed. Hope you're still listening. Uh, tell all your friends, tell all your family, tell people you don't like. Give me a review. Tell me how good I am and all of that jazz. But we're back. We're going to talk about week three, the outcome of that. We're going to talk about Thursday night's game from week four. Uh, give you a little bit of a preview for this week to come if we can. And we're going to talk about Antonio Brown at the end, unfortunately, because that little bastard won't go away. So, without further ado, I have got Tyler Fornes on the line, and I am going to have an interview with him just for you guys. Enjoy. The Fap is back, ladies and gentlemen, and this week I've got Tyler Fornes coming back at uh, CCR. Tyler, uh, what the fuck is your total handle nowadays, man?
1: It's uh, CCS, the real Forno. And C- it's C-S-S- been that way for uh, quite a while, CJ. I mean, I know. Yeah, I know, but you
0: want on a, a spree of changing it like twice in a month. So I just got a little confused. Sorry.
1: I changed it for a week to um, to kind of make a joke with a buddy. So And it worked, so I changed it back.
0: So the Real Forno itself is still available out there? Hmm. Maybe I should grab that make it a parody account so anyway man how you been how's uh how's life been for you
1: it's been really good man yeah moved into an apartment with my fiance and everything right on. Is, uh,
0: congratulations on that by the way thank you i'm not sure what we talked about that on the show
1: yeah uh the apartment's almost all the way set up i got my man cave ready to go for mini fridge filled with beer all my video games set up and now i'm ready to talk some football
0: fuck yeah man and it's been a while since i've been talking football on the podcast and i wanted to get you on try to get recliner on try to get chad and brandon but they were all busy today i wanted to record last minute and by the time people actually hear this it's probably going to be the end of sunday so uh it's it's just going to be catching up on last week and then i'll record again on monday if you're available you can join in i'm going to try to get a recliner back in for that one too but um let's go ahead and talk about what happened last week and uh events that led up to this week as well so Daniel Jones the guy that I have consistently shit on for the past couple months for being picked number fucking six overall in the draft by the New York Giants made me eat my words on Sunday uh at least for one week uh in his starting debut he got a victory over the Tampa Bay
1: Buccaneers 32 to 31 and it was not close to halftime did you see that game bud I watched the condensed version after the fact, and I got to tell you, I was really impressed with what Daniel Jones did. uh, As uh, we had Coast Coast scout and call him Danger Zone. Uh, He was just fantastic. Obviously, he still has things to work on. Patch number crafted uh, an excellent offense to to suit his skill set and what he does well. He gives the Giants a dimension they haven't had since 1990. Mobility at the quarterback position. And... The fact that they lost Saquon Barkley and he was still able to do that, coming back from 18 down in the second half to win the game, remarkable. You know,
0: now hang on, 1990. Who the hell would that have been? Yep. Jeff Hostetler.
1: He was the last wow. quarterback God, with that's... actual mobility um, and the best. Absolutely. Porn stash. And, and God, that oh, that I stash. Know. just beautiful and dirty. <laughs> so. When you look at it, the game plan for having Saquon Barkley, Saquon goes out the second quarter, and you really don't change a game plan like that midway through. So now that Saquon is out for a few weeks, we're going to see what Daniel Jones really has because they're going to they're going to look at him and be like, all right, we don't have to really stress about the run game like we did so we can play coverage, we can just blitz the farm, beat us. We're going to see what he's really got. And the, the more and more that he plays – They're going to get more film on him. They're going to be able to figure out the offense a little bit. And he's going to have to make those adjustments. I'll be honest. I also uh, shit on the pick too. But it wasn't necessarily shitting on the player. We were shitting on the fact that he went way too high to a GM that literally doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. And in that aspect, it, it was really unfair to Daniel Jones, which is why us at coast-to-coast coast scouting kind of adopted him as one of our favorite players and we uh, christened him danger zone and we were just thrilled that he was able to come out and shut everybody up and i hope he continues to do it
0: right and including my ass god i i've shit on him so much and i feel kind of bad about it i mean it's not his fault he got picked the number six it's the giants fault obviously i i've seen mocks taking him in the second round possibly third round but uh I, if the Giants really wanted him, I would have picked him at number fifteen. To be honest with you, because the other uh, Dwayne Haskins was would have still been available there too. So I, it, it blows my mind a little bit, but it that's in the past now. And the guy had to one hell of a weekend. Just as a recap, he went twenty three for thirty one for three thirty six yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and no interceptions. But he did have a fumble that he lost. So um. Like you said, he's got to tighten up his game a little bit. Uh, Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard both had over 100 receiving yards. Uh, Both of them had a touchdown. Ingram went 113 on six receptions. Shepard went 100 yards on seven receptions. And just to add on to what you were talking about earlier, man, Saquon only uh, rushed for eight carries and had four receptions for uh, 10 yards and 27 yards respectively. And then he uh, got a high ankle sprain, man. He it was diagnosed after the game, after the fact that he had a, a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks, possibly six to eight. So um, we're going to really see what Daniel Jones is made of. But maybe it's best that they do save the rest of the year for Saquon and go into next year. And they could truly be a threat in the NFL if they perhaps draft another weapon.
1: And I think they will. This is an incredibly deep receiver class. Uh, you've got Jerry Judy, who I am banging the drum for the Dolphins to take it one if they end up with that number one pick. He is Odell Beckham Jr. with a little bit more size mm. and the things he can do in the open field—it's remarkable. And he's going to run in the four threes. His teammate Henry Ruggs—they're talking he might break the four-two barrier. Uh, they were uh, timing him at, at Alabama's junior pro day last year, and he ran in the four twos within. Awful 10 yard split, which means all he's got to do is fix the start and he could run the four ones. So you've got those guys. You've got C D Lamb, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, Tylen Wallace, Tyler Johnson. There's a ton of really good players that you can get in rounds one and two. Uh, and I'm really excited to kind of see how they build this offense, because you're obviously going to focus on Saquon. You've got danger zone at quarterback. You've got Sterling Shepard, who's a good piece at receiver. Evan Ingram's a good tight end. Get a uh, guy on the outside and beef up the offensive line. You do those two things, Giants can be pretty good with Pat Shermer.
0: Yeah, on the offense at least, that defense is still leakier than a faucet. Um, as far as the offensive line is concerned, it seemed to be holding up well for uh, Mr. Danny Dimes, as I've heard him call it as well. That. Um, The nicknames I've heard over the past week have been ridiculous for this little bastard, but whatever. So offensive lines looking good. Uh, Run game. I don't know if you've heard this week, but they worked out. Here's a name from the past. Benny Cunningham. Remember that one?
1: I do. He played for the Rams for a few years.
0: Yeah, in St. Louis before they moved. So uh, they worked out him, some guy named Zach Zinner and Fozzie Whitaker. I mean, I forgot that he wasn't on the Panthers anymore. I'm so used to him being. On the Panthers,
1: I know uh, they they've still got Cameron, artist Payne, and uh, who's their lead back? Oh, McCaffrey, uh, White Boy Supreme. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think he just that guy. Just had
0: too expensive. We'll talk about him in a minute, but goddamn, he's he's been fantastic. So, um, on the roster right now, running back, they've got Wayne Gallman, who's going to be the guy getting the primary snaps at first string, and then they've got Elijah Penny. uh, right below him. So he's the third string. Wayne's the second string. I wouldn't expect them to run too much with these two scrubs, but you never know, man. Wayne might be the next breakout running back. It could happen.
1: It could. I don't think it will based on what we've already seen from him in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I I concur with that. I think that uh, it's going to be – a bit of a run pass run not a run run pass situation for uh for New York going forward but they really need to think about what they're going to do in the future uh for the rest of the year at least maybe bring in another running back maybe trade for one get somebody on a, on a flyer like a sixth or seventh round pick um that 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 they could trade obviously so um I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the year, but I'm intrigued. Uh, Giants have gone from uh, gutter ball to um, possibly a strike this week. Uh, they got the Redskins this week, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I believe so, yeah. That, uh, that's an intriguing matchup, and I'm a little pissed off right now because I want to see Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins, but a certain Gruden is robbing me of that opportunity.
1: At the end of the day, Haskins only started one season in college. They don't think he's 100% ready, and they really want to redshirt him to let him truly learn. Uh, It can be be a mistake, but it really helped Patrick Mahomes transition to the NFL. And I think Dwayne Haskins having that ability, only having started one year in a system that is not using the NFL. They don't run a spread option up here yet. So getting the opportunity to sit and really learn and watch what's going on in the game, I think will really benefit him. And Jay Gruden's not in the business of letting a guy develop on the fly. He's in the business of, I have to win or I'm getting fired.
0: Yeah, he's in that at the moment. I also think it's another thing that uh, with Dwayne Haskins' situation, it's best that he rides the bench right now because your star left tackle, Trent Williams, is not on the field. Case Keenum is getting sacked like a motherfucker. And that line isn't going to bolster itself up if Dwayne Haskins does start. So you're going to hurt your future franchise quarterback if you throw him on the field
1: right now. Absolutely. and. It's crazy to think about it because they still have Brandon Scherf, Morgan Moses. Like that's a there's good pieces on that offensive line. When you lose a bookend like yeah. I still like Donald Penn, to be honest with you. I, I think he's a suitable
0: left tackle, but he is getting up there in age, and I, I don't know. There's a reason why he was a free agent this year and nobody picked him up.
1: Penn Penn is an average left tackle. And when you have other good pieces on that line, you can deal with average at your left tackle position. I mean, you have guys like Khalil Mack who are running off the right side now. Von Miller, same thing. Uh, Vikings, Daniil Hunter. So you're not really looking at it where a left tackle is the absolute number one building block. You need two tackles that are good. And If you have one great pass rusher, you can always just flip him to the other side and be like, oh, I'll just go after your weak guy. So... Losing Williams is obviously hurting, but it's not like Penn is a slouch.
0: Yeah, I I concur with that. And I'm still a little frustrated with the way that things are working in D.C., not too far away from me. I would love to see them give Trent Williams the opportunity to be traded because he's not doing anything right now. It's very clear that Trent Williams does not want to return to the Redskins. He wants to sit out until he's traded. And if the rumor and innuendo is correct on this. It appears that he is upset over how a uh, situation was handled medically last year. Uh, he had some sort of uh scare ca- with a cancer bump, but it ended up not being cancerous. So the, he's not very happy with the way it was handled by the Redskins. And uh, we don't know too much more details into that, but it's very apparent. He does not want to play for them right now.
1: I wouldn't want to either. Anytime you feel like you're, team lets you down when it comes to medical stuff why would you want to trust them why would you want to go risk your life and put your body on the line for somebody who doesn't seem to care about your well-being even close to what you believe they should and i respect the hell out of him for standing up for himself and making sure that he's taken care of Uh, i hope he does play because he's great but if i were in a situation i'd probably be doing the same thing
0: I really hope that they wake up one day and say, you know what? We need to train this motherfucker. We need to trade him to another team and hopefully it's the Ravens. I would love to have him.
1: Yeah. But what are you giving up for Sean Williams?
0: Um, I'd send a tight end their way. Cause they need one. They really do need one at this point. I mean, uh, I, I love me some, uh, some, some Davis, but he's not doing it right now. The, um, the, the first string tight end still hurt right now. Uh, Jordan, what's his nuts? Can't remember his name.
1: Jordan, uh, I always Reed. have percussion read.
0: Yeah, he uh, he's, he's injured right now, and he's probably not going to be playing again. So they're down at the tight end position, and their quarterback right now is a huge fan of the tight end. So why not trade him that? And I don't know, third round pick. I mean, they're in a spot right now where if they do open up trade talks, they really don't have too much leverage. If they did this in the off season before the, the whole uh, rumor and innuendo got out there, they could have got a first round pick and more for him.
1: At the end of the day, Washington still has the leverage because they're not paying him. <clears throat> He's still under their control. And why would you give up an all pro for peanuts? You just wait it out and let it ride.
0: I think uh, Trent's going to announce his retirement at some point, but, um, it's it's an ugly situation, and I'm sure he's going to file agreements with the NFL PA, but it sucks when you're a player and you really have a hard time uh, with the team that you're at and you really want to get out of there. I understand that you have a contract to that team, but as one of our mentors says, you have a broader contract beyond that. There's a second contract, and that's with the NFL Players Association and the NFL in general. would say. uh cooperative agreement between them you can sit out as long as you want if you're willing to pay the price and from what i'm reading the price is going to be pretty high over two million for uh, fines right now if i'm not mistaken on top of the fact that he's missed game checks
1: absolutely and he has been lucky enough with his skill set and negotiations with uh, his contracts that he's pretty well set financially so missing out on this money obviously is not ideal and it hurts because you still don't want to lose out on millions of dollars, but I'd rather lose yeah, out on millions you're, you're of going. dollars and put myself in actual danger.
0: Makes sense. And, uh, definitely don't want to have a situation like last year happen again. If he were to get injured, were to get sick, were to have a health scare where, uh, They misdiagnosed him or just undertreated him. You really want to go to a team that's actually going to give a shit about you. And I got to say, ever since Dan Snyder has taken over this team, they really haven't gone anywhere. They've tanked. They've gone downhill. They've done really poorly and the image that dan snyder has really put out there of his organization is not one that is great it's not one that shows that he gives a shit it it's one that shows that he meddles a lot and he's wrong 90 percent of the time this the rg3 was a dan snyder decision i i'm convinced it was not the gm it was definitely not uh, mike shanahan at the time It was a Dan Snyder, I gotta have him now decision. And he forced the hand of the entire Redskins organization. So I don't know going forward what this means. At some point, I hope they trade or or sell the team. But uh, they're stuck with Dan Snyder meddling for the
1: time being. What do you think? Dan Snyder is the worst owner in sports. All sports? Yep.
0: That's, you know, that's pretty fair. I can't think of too many worse. At least the Browns owners finally stepped out.
1: You know, there's a difference between bad and dumb. Dan Snyder is both. The Haslams are not bad owners. They're dumb owners. They're willing to invest. They're willing to do the right things. They just kept meddling and getting in the way and listening to homeless guys saying you need to draft Manziel. That's just being dumb. It's not, it's not bad. Dan Snyder signs, Bad contracts, makes bad PR decisions, runs a bad operation with a bad stadium. And with the the name Redskins being uh, considered a racial slur by a lot of uh, Native Americans in this country, tripling down on that name. Look, I get the tradition, but at the end of the day, if you're offending a lot of people, especially the indigenous people that we kind of uh, raped and pillaged their land uh, back in the 1700s, 1800s, you should probably think about a rebrand. And he's tripling down on it and he is probably the worst owner in sports.
0: It's a good possibility. And locally, we actually have a uh, on the radio, a former general manager from the Washington Redskins who uh, talks about how his time with the team didn't go so well. And he was forced into the Alfred Hainsworth situation, uh, if you recall that, but, um, yeah, it basically came to him and said, you know, I like this Alfred Hainsworth uh, guy. What do you think? We should get him. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and get him. And GM basically
1: didn't even get uh, word out about it. Yeah. That's just another example of a terribly run organization. What else can you say? But Dan Snyder's awful.
0: Yeah, look at how they handled the Scott McLuhan situation from a couple years ago.
1: Just ridiculous. Terrible.
0: I heard he's doing well for himself right now, by the way. He's uh, apparently got his own independent scouting organization now.
1: Scott McLuhan's a brilliant football mind. He has battled some demons with alcohol. But, yeah. look, we all have battled demons, and it seems like he's doing really well for himself, and that's, that's great.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not shitting on the guy. And I didn't even bring up the fact that he was battling demons, but he's doing very well for himself right now, considering the the fact that he was unceremoniously dumped on his head by the damn organization. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, He got dipped in the shit and came out smelling like a rose. So... Good for him I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing right now, and people are actually utilizing his skills throughout most of the teams in the n f l so they're hiring him to scout individuals and uh getting advice on where to draft and whatnot so i'm I'm very proud of the fact that he's he's doing that right now oh
1: absolutely man
0: so what's going on in a Carolina right now, man. Have you? Uh, did you catch the game last week? I was catching everything on red zone. So I was watching this and the Daniel Jones game at the same time. Another uh, rookie quarterback getting his his first start. It's not rookie. He's in his uh, second season, but it's his first NFL start. So uh, Kyle Allen came on the field and uh, he really laid it down with uh, 19 to 26, 261 yards, four passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, fumbled the ball uh, twice and lost it once to the defense. It wasn't
1: a bad game for
0: uh, his first start in the NFL. What do you think, man?
1: Actually, I believe he started two games at the end of last year when they pulled uh, Cam Newton. So we can double fact check that. Kyle,
0: I think you're right, actually. Yeah, because that was talked about on the uh, All or Nothing show. So um, he got injured towards the end of last year, though. I know they had to pull him from one of the games uh, and put in another quarterback, another scrub. But uh, yeah, he went. I I mean, 261 is nothing to shit at. Uh, Some people in Baltimore would have killed for those numbers last year with Lamar Jackson. We'll get to that later. But um, thoughts, man. What do do you think about Kyle Allen so far?
1: Fun story. Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray battled for the starting quarterback job at Texas A&M. Kyler Murray ended up losing it to Kyle Allen, so he transferred out. And then Kyle Allen transferred out, and he went to Houston. So the fact that they met playing each other in the NFL was kind of cool. But Allen looks really good. He was able to push the ball downfield, which is something Cam Newton has not been able to do. And because Cam hasn't been able to do it, uh, defenses haven't really had to honor the deep ball. If you don't have to honor the deep ball, you can just load up the box, uh, cover all the short routes, that stop white boy supreme Christian McCaffrey, and it really limits what you can do. So bringing in Allen, who's able to make those deep throws, Really opened up that uh, vertical passing offense of Norv Turner. And it was really well done. Uh, Do you miss Norv Turner? I think Norv Turner kind of took the brunt of it. Look, Teddy was supposed to be the guy, and I think he would have been the guy. But at the end of the day, Teddy's leg almost got decapitated, and then they just ended up losing, and Norv just kind of wanted out which that's fine if that's that's what you want. And, you know you do you, man. And,
0: I'm surprised it went as smoothly as it did because he was back with the uh, Panthers the next season, if I'm not mistaken. I thought that the Vikings would have fought that uh, contract battle.
1: Uh, Norv resigned, yet he wasn't leaving to go to the Panthers. He left and ended mm-hmm. up with the Panthers.
0: Look. But if I'm not mistaken, he left under the guise of retirement which would still give the Vikings the contractual rights to him. And then him coming back, I'm saying the Vikings could have had him over a barrel if they wanted to, because of the guys of the retirement.
1: It sounded like at the time it was a mutual split and they like yeah. voided the contract. So well,
0: it's kind of like the Bruce Arians situation uh, over in Tampa Bay right now. He came back this year after his situation with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. He retired.
1: Well, let's also be honest. Cardinals are a dumpster fire. Yep,
0: it was pretty apparent the last couple of weeks, too, although uh, Cardinals did give us a run for our money uh, two weeks ago. So Eesh. Kyle Murray's the truth, though. Um, but the reason that Kyle Allen was able to win the game and have such uh, fewer passing yards than most people would have in a game was because white boy supreme Christian McCaffrey had uh, 24 carries for 153 yards and a touchdown to uh, complement the second year quarterback. Yeah, so good for him, man. That's that guy. Uh, when you take a running back in the first round, you better be damn sure he's something special. And so far, kid's pretty special.
1: He's special. He's really yeah. special. And the things he can do out of the backfield is like they're incredible. He's, he can run the rock 25 times a game. He can run routes uh, from the X, Y, and Z receiver positions uh, with precision. He is a wide receiver and a running back all rolled into one. And that's not something you can say about a lot of guys. The last true one I remember seeing was uh, Marshall Falk and Ladanian Tomlinson. So that's some pretty special category right there.
0: Yeah, and I love me some LT. Let me tell you that. And uh, Marshall Falk, I didn't really pay attention too much to um, the Colts early on, but I did see him play for the Rams, and I liked his career. But uh, this Christian McCaffrey kid, he's he's really starting to light it up. He was drafted – I think this is his third year now? Yes, sir. Something like that. Yeah, the kid's good. I'm very happy for his success so far. And uh, if there's anything that I remember from his career so far, it was – I think it was two seasons ago <laughs> with uh, – Cam Newton on the line against the Packers and uh, Clay Matthews was calling out a play and (laughs) Cam Newton was like oh you watch film too right, watch this and he uh, did a a barrel route to uh, Christian McCaffrey in the end zone for a touchdown just audible it up or changed the play up I should say uh, before they even snapped it it was pretty apparent that they made the change to the play in planning because they knew that they were going to get that situation from Clay Matthews
1: yeah, I remember that game. That was, uh, wasn't that where the Panthers went into Lambeau and they beat the Packers, basically eliminating from the playoffs and then really sat Rodgers the rest of the year?
0: I thought it was at, uh, Carolina because they were wearing black jerseys, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I could be wrong. I, it's been a couple of years, obviously. So, um, you could be right on that, but I, that's the game I remember the most. I remember it was against the Packers and I definitely remember, uh, Clay Matthews thinking that he was defensive Jesus, but uh, didn't quite work out for him on that play. I love the banter back and forth between the two. And the funny thing is with banter on the field, Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis used to have that all the time whenever they would face each other. Like uh, Ray Lewis would make a change on the line and uh,
1: Peyton Manning would just be like, oh, I'm not doing that, Ray. Try again. Oh, that's good stuff. I love when you, you see the the back and forth where like the defense is reading the offense, offense is reading the defense and then it's like a just a giant chess match. it reminds me of like yeah, playing Madden against a buddy or uh, more even better uh playing NFL Blitz when you're only using like the same four plays and they know you're going to use the, those same four plays but you still got to stop them. And that's just good stuff.
0: Yep. Hey, I miss Blitz, and I miss Street. I don't know if you remember playing that game.
1: I have both, and they're both excellent.
0: Yes, I wish that... uh, Man, it would be awesome if we could have some offshoots again like we used to, but it seems like the naming rights are only going to Madden right now. So uh, I still like Madden, don't get me wrong. I I play it whenever I get a chance. My ultimate team's doing pretty well. I could probably beat Florio right now.
1: I think a lot of people can beat Florio. I personally uh, only play QB1.
0: I play QB1, and if I'm playing defense, I'll typically play edge or I'll play a linebacker. I cannot, for the life of me, play DB. I can't stay on a route with a guy. I can't do man-to-man.
1: Yeah, it's – I get it. Like, I I really like the QB1 mode because then I don't have to deal with all the BS of everything else. and I can just play quarterback, and even though I'm on the Dolphins, my receivers can't catch crap.
0: Right. That's that's a shitty team to play against. Um, So uh, speaking of which, uh, with uh, Newsworthy is uh, Madden actually got a two gig update update over the past, I think it was two weeks ago. So keep your eyes out, guys, if you haven't gotten it already, or if you haven't played in the past two weeks, go ahead and get that update. It's it's going to take you a while to download it. But a lot of glitches were shored up, a lot of commentary was added, so I'm hoping that uh, for you guys out there bitching about how glitchy the game was and how stock the uh, commentary was, that you'll get your resolution and come back, start playing, and shut the hell up. But... uh. Back to our boy, Kyle Allen. Man, He, uh, th- do you think he's got a future? I'm not sure who he's playing next week, but uh, it seems like he's – in Carolina, they're just saying, you know what, Cam, take your time after last week.
1: I think Cam might be done. Like, his style of football is incredibly physical. And because it's incredibly physical, it makes it difficult for a body to hold up. And mm-hmm. – Now it's a foot. It was a shoulder. And the first two games, he really didn't look that good. So. Nope. You got to wonder if he's done. And it's unfortunate because you never want to see somebody that talented struggle like he is. But at the end of the day, it might be best long term for Cam to completely shut him down this year. Let him get 100%. Kind of what the. Cold stay with Andrew Luck. uh, Back in the twenty seventeen season, just kind of let it ride, Mm -hmm. see what happens. Get him healthy, and if he's not healthy, you got to move in a different direction. His contract, I believe, is up after this season, so you have some flexibility.
0: And Andrew Luck set a precedent. You got to think, man. uh, With his retirement this year, Andrew Luck came out as the uh, first draft pick of the year after Cam Newton, so it it would be no shame to Cam Newton to hang him up if he's truly beat the shitting back. But I think the guy is very prideful. I think if he's released from the Panthers, he'll go to another team. It'll be picked up in an instant, in my opinion, um, depending on the QB situation next year. A lot of the teams have their QB, though. I mean, the only ones I can't think of would be oof, Miami and... That's pretty much it. Everybody else is pretty set. Maybe the Rams could uh, get a replacement, but do you really want to take Cam Newton in place of? Why would they get a
1: replacement? They uh, just paid Goff a bunch of money. I forgot about that. So when you go around the league and you think about who could be out, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he doesn't show that he's Mm -hmm. the guy this year, they can get out for like 4 million bucks. Vikings and Kirk cousins. Kirk Cousins doesn't show any kind of improvement. They could try and find a way out, or draft a guy and just deal with Cousins for one more year, and then let the the, the young guy take over. Andy Dalton.
0: That could really hurt them though if they can't find a trade partner because that that guaranteed contract is going to at the them end of the day.
1: It would have been the same thing if it was a five-year deal. The first three years would have been fully guaranteed. It was just would have been a fluff on the back end. So I really don't have any issues with it. The only reason why people are shitting on it so much is because it's a fully guaranteed contract. When in all quarterback contracts, the first three years are fully guaranteed. They just don't talk about it like in those specific terms. Like the Vikings will just either like pay him to go away, or maybe they can find a trade partner, or they'll just deal with it. Uh like Andy Dalton with the Bengals. He's probably on his way out. But uh, like Ben Roethlisberger is having elbow surgery at 37. Who knows if he's going to be able to come back? Who knows if Mason Rudolph is the answer? Uh, like uh, who else is there? Uh, James Winston, Marcus Mariota. Like they're not the guys unless somehow they figure it out this year. And then Looking at, at Denver, is Drew Locke the guy? Is Derek Carr the guy in Oakland? There are a lot know. of teams that could go for a quarterback. And it'll be really interesting to see come draft time who's looking at who.
0: It really is. it's uh, I didn't really broaden the search up uh, to people that are going to be going in the free agency. So that's my fault. But um, yeah, Drew Lock situation is pretty interesting. The guy got put on IR. So do you think they're going to do the IR boomerang on him and bring him back in the middle of the season?
1: I think they already said they're going to. And he, I think he was going to be out for like six to eight weeks uh, when the season started. So put him on IR and then think it's an figure it, it out. Them,
0: right. For IR before the boomerang.
1: Uh, eight games. Yeah.
0: So or eight weeks. I mean, it could be a buy in between if I'm not mistaken. Right.
1: Oh, is it is it weeks and not games? Oh, okay. Yeah, That's even it, better. For I a... think
0: it's weeks, if I'm not mistaken. But I I could be wrong. I'll look that up after the show. But um, it would make sense to be eight weeks. They just have the bye in between, you know, and I don't know. I don't know when their bye is, and I really don't care. The, the Broncos are a dumpster fire. And I, I keep hearing the same excuses from the Broncos that us Ravens ha- fans had for so many years. It's not Joe's fault. If only he had this around him or that around him. Joe Flacco is... Jay Cutler 2.0, he does not give a shit right now. The guy is getting his money, and he's just going out there and going with the motions at this point.
1: Have you seen him play this year? He really hasn't been that bad. He he's has not struggled.
0: bad, but he's not great.
1: He's not even above average. He's average. He's average, and he doesn't pieces around him. He has those pieces. His receivers have dropped balls. His offensive line has not played well at all. And then Flacco's been Flacco at times where he panics in the pocket. He throws the ball away way too early. But he has shown signs where he can be really good. That running game has been excellent as well. They just haven't been able to put together a complete game. And they're one of the best 0-3 teams that I've ever seen. That team has no business being 0-3. That defense has zero sacks, zero turnovers. A Vic Fangio defense led by Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, right? No sacks, no turnovers.
0: I think those two are probably the best uh, bookends in the NFL. But (laughs) being the best zero three team, man, that's like being the valedictorian of summer school. Congratulations! You know, it's just I I don't know what's what's going to happen going forward with this team if Joe Flacco continues to be as Average as he is, I'd say Drew Locke's going to get his opportunity because if if this continues the trend, John Elway should be like biting a hole through the seat of his cushion with his ass right now, because it's not looking good for him. The only thing that's saving him is the fact that they don't have a true owner right now to fire him.
1: Uh, It also helps that John Elway brought them two Super Bowl titles, is considered a top five quarterback in NFL history. And he's a Broncos legacy, those things are also massively in play with that as well. And yeah. he's done a decent and job building an overall team. He's a quarterback with the cherry on it. He's a quarterback away from being really good.
0: Yeah, he, you can't put the cherry on top of the Sunday, Unfortunately, um, he fell into Peyton Manning. Something lucky.
1: Yes, but I think I, he also played a big part in that, being that he's John Elway.
0: Yep. I mean, you can convince – if you're John Elway, you can convince the best quarterback to come hang out with you and that you'll be on a really good team. And it was very apparent that that team at the time was going to be at some point in the Super Bowl. And they were within two years. I mean, uh, what happened his first year? Oh, yeah, the Ravens beat them in the divisional round and went on to the Super Bowl. But uh, the next year, yeah, he was in the Super Bowl against the uh, Seahawks and – got blown out but two years later he was back again and he got his second super bowl trophy as a uh, quarterback there so
1: wait people are actually um, ravens fans
0: yeah man there's a lot of them hell i'm surprised you're not you're just a fan of the wrong purple team man
1: that yeah. we don't have murders on our team
0: well i don't know man You guys do have a boat incident, though. So uh, anyway, speaking of the Ravens, man, did you catch this past week's game at one
1: o'clock against the uh, Chiefs? No, I didn't. I was driving home from Madison, Wisconsin for a stick to football tailgate tour event, and I haven't been able to watch it all week.
0: That sucks, man. you got game. I do.
1: I'm going to try and watch it here uh, this upcoming week.
0: Try to watch that when you get a chance. I'm just going to talk about some of the highlights of it and uh, the lowlights, to be quite frank, if you're a Ravens fan. But um, it, it wasn't as close as the score necessarily uh, said it was, because for a while, the, the team was down like 20 to six in the first half, the Ravens were. And uh, it was pretty amazing how Lamar was able to bring the team back to will them back. but. During the first half, they just refused to go to the run game, and they just chucked the ball up 42 times in the entire game, and he only completed 50% of his passes. But – Everybody was hitting on all cylinders when it came to the Chiefs and their offense. Patrick Mahomes came out and did Patrick Mahomes things even against one of the best defenses in the NFL with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. He was able to carve them up and I wasn't shocked. I it doesn't matter if you got man to man if you're going zone, Patrick Mahomes is going to get his yards and his touchdowns. It's going to happen. So, I'm not shocked it would happen. The final score ended up being 33 to 28. So, uh Lamar was on a tear in the second half. He was starting to complete passes. He had two good Hail Marys. Um, one was to Hollywood Brown, and the other was to, uh, shit, uh, Willie Sneed, the fourth. He, uh, those two, uh, I was surprised they were caught, and Willie Sneed really wrestled one out of his hands. But from what I've seen so far out of Lamar Jackson, he has really come leaps and bounds from last year.
1: I agree. Lamar Jackson was my QB2 of that 2016 draft class because of some of the things that we have seen so far this season. Poison the pocket, accurate deep ball, and he, he reminds me of Michael Vick in a different way than most people would associate. He flicks his wrist, and drops a 60-yard dime perfectly. Same way Michael Vick did, and it's impressive to see because it just looks effortless. And I think with continued development, we're going to see Lamar Jackson be an elite quarterback in this league because he's already an elite athlete. He is already great in space. He's going to keep growing as a quarterback, especially with Greg Roman, who is fantastic at utilizing skill sets from players like Lamar Jackson. He took Colin Kaepernick within one play of a Super Bowl title. Uh, and I. I'm really excited to see Lamar Jackson's development, especially with how Eric DeCasa seems like he's trying to build his team.
0: Yeah. Drafting Hollywood Brown in the first round this year and then getting another uh, receiver in miles Boykin in the third round. He was looking for speed. It was very apparent. He's trying to get some speedy guys on the field. It's kind of like when you're playing Madden; man, you want to get somebody with a 95 overall Madden uh, speed skill and just let them do the rest. Let them burn the DBs and get beyond the, beyond them and they'll get the ball but uh his deep ball accuracy has gotten a bet- lot better from last year but it was pretty apparent uh, with the chiefs game over the weekend the uh pass rush was able to get to the offensive line and jackson was inaccurate this past weekend with his deep ball so he reverted back in his his skill set unfortunately but that uh What makes me wonder is the fans in Baltimore cry out every once in a while. We shouldn't have traded Joe, blah, blah, blah. But if Joe was playing that game, in my opinion, that team would have lost far more than it did. I think we may have gotten 12 points if Joe was on the field. Because that offensive line was crumbling and Jackson was flat out juking people and maneuvering in the pocket, Joe would have been stonewall and taking a sack every time.
1: Yeah, just from the little bits and pieces that I've seen, because I haven't had a chance to watch the full game, Lamar Jackson is the reason why they were in it. And if you had Joe Flacco, it would have been nothing. So, I think people need to cool the Jets. Everybody expects these rookie quarterbacks to come in and be stars right away like Andy Luck was. That's not how this works. You have to give them time to development. You have to nurture them. You have to kind of treat them like a flower. You can't just plant the seed and expect it to bloom the next day. You got to grow it, nurture it, let it develop and take its time. And eventually, it's going to (coughs) bloom. Sorry about that. Eventually, it's going to be to bloom and be beautiful. So, Lamar Jackson's already pretty well there but he still needs refining we have to remember this is a 22 year old kid he's still learning how to be an adult let alone how to be a great quarterback like out of all these guys after having seen them for about 20 games i want baker one and lamar two and i think it's a lot closer than it was at the beginning of the year
0: there's a lot of talk right now. I've been watching ESPN the past couple days, man, that uh <laughs> people have been shitting on Baker and I don't, quite frankly don't get it Uh saying that he's overrated and whatnot. Rex Ryan has been quoted as saying that and I don't see it. But uh Baker has got a skill set. It's very apparent. The issue in Cleveland has been coaching. So. That's just – it could be just my view, but I don't think the problem is the GM. The GM is putting together a damn good team. The team itself is very talented, so it's not the players. What else could it be, Tyler?
1: Look, I'm a Baker defender. I think Baker's fantastic, but it's still on Baker too. He's been let down by his offensive line. He's been let down by the coaching, which calling consistent vertical-only routes – When your offensive line can't protect for more than two seconds, what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. It worked in Madden. But (laughs) when you really think about Baker and what he's done and what he's been doing, it's still on him. He's bailing the pocket. He's panicking. He's just flushing out to his right. He's got the ability to step up, and he doesn't take it. Baker has to play Batter, football, and especially with that pocket presence. To fix that, I think they'll be okay. Oh,
0: I've been holding on to this little nugget for a little while, a couple weeks, by the way. So the Monday night game where they got their first one of the season, the Cleveland Browns against the New York Jets. Not sure if you watched the game or not, but uh, during the first quarter, I I found this little nugget and I found it pretty intriguing. And they actually agree with me. They uh, put a bit up on the screen that said, who is Freddie Kitchens? And as soon as I saw that, I said. The fucking nation doesn't know who Freddie Kitchens is. They all agree with me. It's a
1: fact. You do realize that those broadcasts are not geared towards diehards. They're geared towards super casuals, right?
0: No, they're geared towards the smart ones because I knew that they were going to do that flat out because nobody knows who the fuck Freddie Kitchens is. I still don't know who the fuck Freddie Kitchens is. all those broadcasts
1: are built for casual listeners and viewers because that's who they want to attract they're going to keep us no matter what it's the same thing with Monday Night Raw when you and I talk wrestling they don't care about uh, like the diehards they want casuals if they get casuals their ratings spike they're going to keep diehard fans until they completely run them away that's
0: true but at the same time I didn't see a screen come up to say who is Adam Gase
1: (laughs) Look, you should have known who Freddie Kitchens was. Did you need to know his whole background? No. <laughs> but you still should have known who he was at that time, and you can't argue me and tell with me and tell me otherwise.
0: I'm sorry I didn't know who the running back's coach for the Browns last year was that all of a sudden became the yeah, coach. But this he had year.
1: been the offensive coordinator for like three weeks and they had played really well. You should have known who he was.
0: Meh. They played okay. They were all right. All right, man, agree to disagree on this whole fucking Freddy Kitchens thing. I still think I'm right, but whatever. So moving on, you actually brought a topic to me that you wanted to talk about, and that would be the Green Bay Packers and, quite frankly, the NFC North at this point. You brought a little tidbit to the table. You said that you think the Packers shouldn't be crowned so quickly, and I think that uh, was pretty apparent on Thursday night. So uh, go ahead and give me what you think about uh, the Packers right now.
1: I think we we crowned them too early. They are not as good as we believed them to be. They like just look at their first four games, okay? Against the Bears, they had one really good drive. Otherwise, they were a below average football team. Their defense played really well. Vikings. First 20 minutes, they looked like a world champion. Last 20 last 40 minutes, they looked like the Dolphins. They couldn't do anything. Against the Broncos, they played okay. Against the Eagles, offense looked great for the first 30 minutes. Last 30 minutes, they really couldn't do much. Defense couldn't stop them at all. This team is the model of incredible inconsistency. Aaron Rodgers is not playing great himself. When the defense is making adjustments to Matt Lafleur, he's not able to make them... Encounter. And I think we need to just pump the brakes a little bit on them. And we're still figuring out who this backer team really is.
0: I don't disagree. Uh, quite frankly, I think this offense is in shambles, in my opinion. I'm not a fan of the LaFleur scheme at offense. And I think that the team has shown over the past couple weeks, especially that first game. God, watching that was tough on my eyes man Uh, the offense struggled the offensive line struggled Aaron Rodgers had to pull a rabbit out of his ass a couple times and quite frankly even the rabbit out of his ass didn't work some of the times like Thursday night the the last throw he threw was an interception he was trying to pull a rabbit out of his ass and it didn't work so sometimes Aaron Rodgers magic just doesn't work and it was pretty apparent that defense got exploited on Thursday night that they could be run against. So they just decided to just stop the passing because they were trying to oversell for the um, pass in that. So they just went up the gut with some runs and the defensive tackles couldn't handle them. So hopefully in the future, Green Bay will be able to fix their defensive run game issue, but that offense, I'm not sure where they're going to go moving forward, man. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, that scheme is not working. one of the interesting things
1: about that scheme is it's basically the same thing Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay run and we've seen the rams have their struggles the past few weeks and including against the patriots in the super bowl what i'm really worried about is have people figured out this team in general or is this scheme i mean have they figured out how they can stop it how you can like like contain it Because if that's the case, then that scheme itself is going to need to evolve and we're going to see something else uh, take over the NFL and it may be the air raid.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Watching the air raid against uh, the Ravens two weeks ago with the Cardinals. You got to have fast DBs to stop that. and Eventually, they're going to figure that out. They're going to replace all their linebackers with goddamn defensive backs, and then they'll have to figure out what the next big uh, coup is going to be in the NFL. Who knows what's going to happen, man? But uh, I I don't know what what the next offensive breakout is going to be. And whatever it is, it's probably going to be New England
1: inventing it. I think they're pretty happy with their Perkins uh, system. It's, it works really well. It's uh, bendable, adaptable, and yet you can do a lot of different things with it.
0: What was your thoughts on the uh, air Coryell offense when it was implemented in the NFL? Which one? The air Coryell offense.
1: I, I wish I would have been alive for it because that general version of offense, it's the same thing in the North Turner runs. Vertical passing concepts, relying heavily on seam routes, Crosses and the uh, deep out and comeback. And it works really well. You have to have an offensive line that can protect you, which is why uh, when North Turner was in Dallas, they were very successful running that offense because they had uh, the one or two Hall of Famers on that offensive line. And then you look at uh, a quarterback, you just need a quarterback who can make smart decisions with a good arm why dan fouts and troy aikman were both very successful and i think eric orial can work really well but one of the issues here is offensive linemen are not coming into the league like they used to we're not seeing a ton of great offensive linemen they're all playing on defense now and that's one of the struggles with being in the nfl's finding these offensive linemen vikings used to find centers in the sixth round and send them to pro bowls nowadays like They're drafting centers in the first round because you need great offensive linemen that badly.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to find a good center nowadays. Quite frankly, I've always been a big proponent of the center. I think the center is the most important offensive line position. A lot of people will say left tackle. I get that, but you got to be really smart and you got to be really effective and really strong to play center, in my view.
1: Absolutely. And even with the, uh, the center position being the most important. It's surprisingly the easiest one to replace. And like, like I said, with the Vikings, they ended up with Matt Burke, six round pick in 98, John Sullivan, six round pick in 2006. Those guys put, had all pro seasons and it's, it's the easiest to replace, but it, like you said, I think you're right. It's the most important. They make a lot of the calls on the line. They get everybody organized. It's If you have a good one, keep them.
0: Dude, have you seen Matt Burke recently?
1: He's lost like 80 pounds. He looks great.
0: He's ripped. He looks like he could play tight end right now if he wanted to.
1: No, absolutely.
0: I'm, I'm fucking jealous. I mean, that guy was a big burly bastard. He wasn't a bad looking guy in general, but now Jesus Christ, he's looking ripped and I'm proud of him. Very good for him. And, uh, very good for a former Super Bowl champion. Uh, where did he get his title from? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The Ravens. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100% about that. It's, it's really hard to find good centers nowadays, in my opinion. I know that you said they're the easiest to replace. You got to be super smart, though. You got to look at the situation in week one. Steelers versus the Patriots. I, I think everybody has seen memes being created. Of this guy false start. Everybody but the center. Goodness, you got to be smart. You got to know your uh, snap counts. And if you don't, you end up like that damn center for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Is that Pouncey?
0: I think it's somebody else. Um, I don't think Pouncey was the center that week. I, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I've said that a couple times, but um, yeah, he, the guy flat out didn't, <laughs> he flat out didn't snap the ball. Everybody else moved back and started going into their positions, but the center just stayed there. Rumor has it. He's still out there at uh soldier field right now or not soldier field. Um, uh, Gillette stadium.
1: That's good stuff, man.
0: Yeah. I've seen so many memes. It's hilarious, but, uh, that poor bastard. Yeah. He will, uh, he's going to kick himself forever, but, Moving forward, man. Who do you predict out of that division? The NFC North back to the Packers being crowned too early.
1: I still think the Vikings are going to win it. I don't trust Trubisky. That team could easily be one and two. They probably should be one and two. Uh, That roughing the passer call on Bradley Chubb was absolutely bogus. And the Broncos played well enough to win that game, which is one of the reasons why I think they're one of the best only three teams I've ever seen. They played really well overall against a really, really good defense. But even so that that defense still allowed 15 points to a really poor Washington offense led by Case Keenum, who's showing why he's on his fifth team in five years. I think it's, It's the Bears to lose, but I think the Vikings will end up figuring out a way to win it and then let us down in the playoffs.
0: Quite frankly, I went into the season thinking that the NFC North was one of the powerhouses. And as it stands right now, it's a pretty weak division. It could be anybody's in my view. What really bothers me right now is people saying that the Lions are undefeated. Man, a tie is not a win. A tie is a half loss. That is a defeat in my view i fucking hate when people say well technically they're undefeated Uh, fuck you they are not they have a half loss against them
1: if you want to count it as a half loss i can understand that but what if it's anybody's division how does that make it a weak division like if if it's the nfc south or the nfc west of like five years ago where you're getting like a seven and nine team winning the division i get that but You've got four legit playoff uh, contenders in one
0: division. I don't think that they're think legit that playoff of contenders. Offense. You have a legit playoff contender in the fact that one of them has to win the division, but they're all offensively struggling right now. It's it's really bad. Even uh, even your Vikings are having some issues. But I got to tell you, you're in good hands when it comes to the future of your offense. Gary Kubiak is the truth. I love that guy. And I think he's going to really craft something serious for you guys as far as his adaptation of the West coast offense. And I hope that in the future, if you get a QB to replace uh, the guy you got now, or if you stick with him, maybe you guys will uh, really become one of the offensive juggernauts because quite frankly, his, his scheme has been known to work. It worked very well for Joe and Baltimore.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, one of the things that we have to deal with is just Kirk being himself. If Kirk figures out his own life, we're going to be just fine. And we're already, we've already put up, uh, two games of basically 30 points. And then that game against the Packers, we were, uh, a questionable, uh, PIO return and a stupid throw away from beating the Packers at Lambeau too.
0: Yeah. That, that could have been anybody's game. Once again, it could be anybody's division. That could have been anybody's game. It was, uh, it's been rough watching the offense in the NFC North for the past couple of weeks, man. Even Matt Stafford isn't himself anymore, and it's—he's quite frankly not being picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues. I don't know if he's available in yours. He was available in mine, and I needed a backup, so I picked him up, and he has been shit in the bed.
1: I'll say this about the Lions—they may have had that dud against the Cardinals where they got the tie, but they did beat Philly in Philly. And they beat the Chargers at home. Those are two really good football teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Chargers gave the Ravens all they could fight for last year in the playoffs, and quite frankly, they uh gave it to us in the regular season too. But they're a really good offense that they have the two of the best defensive ends in the sport. Love Joey Bosa and uh Ingram. They're they're fucking phenomenal. The, their defensive backs are nothing to spit on. They're pretty well stacked. They just need to figure out how to shift gears and go to the next level. And we'll see if their coach has the answer for them. But uh, you, you never know, man. It's it's kind of weird, especially in the situation they're in right now, playing in a soccer stadium. And that they can't even fill the soccer stadium with their fans. A lot of the fans are actually opposing teams. They have no support from L.A., it seems like. I don't know what's going to happen with the Chargers in the years to come. They, they could win despite not having fans, but it's yet to be seen. And it's going to be interesting for the next couple of years, especially with them moving into that new stadium next year, how it's going to turn out and what's going to happen as far as the fan base there is concerned.
1: Well, think about this. If they're winning without a home field advantage, imagine when they get a home field advantage.
0: But will they get one is my opinion, is my question in – LA, because it's very apparent the last couple times that the NFL has been in Los Angeles, the, I, you know, the, the Raiders had a good fan base, but that was mostly from Oakland. They traveled. Um, Rams had a hard time getting a fan base out there. It was, it was really rough. But, uh. And the Chargers only stuck one year, and that was in the AFL when they first started. But it was it was rough being an L.A. team. And right now, it's it's really hard. They didn't have barely any fans when the, the Rams were in the Super Bowl last year. It was mostly Patriots fans at that game. So L.A. is just fickle. And I don't know how they got two teams out there when nobody will support one.
1: The biggest issue they have in L.A. is just establishment. There was no team established in L.A. for over 20 years. So our generation, they're all fans of different teams because they kind of got to pick who they wanted. And because they got to pick who they wanted, that's why you're seeing the struggle. But I will say this. This new generation will grow up Rams and Chargers fans. And in 20 years, we're going to see how much that home field advantage will make a difference.
0: I hope you're right, man. If if it does evolve to have an L.A. fan base and God bless them, but fool me once, fool me twice, signing up for a third time now, as far as the L.A. fan base is concerned, it's just been proven in the past. It's it's going to be hard. I, I can tell you that uh, this fight for L.A. thing that the Chargers is doing, I commend them for it. It's not working yet, but and like you said, maybe the next generation will eventually come on board. It's going to take a while if that's truly the case. So we may not see an answer for a couple of years.
1: I don't think we will see an answer for a couple of years. That's the frustrating part for Chargers fans. All
0: right, bud, let's finish up on a... Uh... Let's finish up on a sour note, man. What the fuck is going on with this Antonio Brown shit? He's out of the league now. Uh, f- shit. The last time we did a podcast, he was just stirring up trouble for the Raiders. Now he's been off the Raiders. He's been on the Patriots. He's been off the Patriots. He won't shut the fuck up on Twitter. He's got itchy Twitter fingers. He's calling out Eric Weddle. He's calling out uh, the owner of the Patriots. He's just shitting on anybody that he can possibly shit on. And everybody is just putting him in his place and the, the, the guy doesn't know what the hell to do, doesn't know when to shut up. He may have a mental issue. There's a possibility that he's needs to be put in a mental institution right now. Thoughts and, and whatever you got on this, man?
1: Uh, in my opinion, this is a classic example of a guy who is never told no. Because he's mm-hmm. never told no, this is what you get. When he's held accountable for things, he, he, there's a real negative reaction. And I think, I think that's the long and the short of it. And it's really unfortunate because overall, like, he's, he always seemed to me like a good guy. He's obviously shown himself to be otherwise. And mm-hmm, he needs to learn how to just be an adult. And it seems like he, he kind of missed that lesson uh, throughout his life. It really sucks because he's one of my uh, favorite receivers to watch, but I just hope he gets the help he needs in whatever way he needs it and he can go on and become a better person.
0: I would be amiss to not say that he's one of the better talents in – well. Formerly in the NFL, he was a really great receiver uh, when he finally got the chance in Pittsburgh for his first couple of years. He was just playing punt return and whatnot. But damn, he was good. I think one of my favorite memories with Antonio Brown was when he was doing a uh, kick return. Uh, it was a punt return. Sorry. And he flat out karate kicked the punter for the Browns. Do you remember? Oh, that? I
1: remember that. That was gold.
0: That was fantastic. And I keep that gif on me whenever I get a chance to send it off. It's fucking hilarious. And even as a Ravens fan, man, I don't give a shit. Antonio Brown played very well and he was able to do a lot of things against us. So the fact that he's gone down this route and the first sign I saw of this was when uh, he was talking shit a few years ago to some reporter saying, uh, we're going to see how your jaw feels or something like that. Like That was red flag number one, and then everything just started to snowball from there, and he's in a bad spot right now. You may think uh, that he needs to grow up, but quite frankly, it is a situation where he's never been told no. Uh, He's been pampered by Mike Tomlin for years, but at some point, you realize you're an adult – And I would hope he's realized that by now. If not, he's fucking dense, but there, there could be a screw loose up there. I, he thinks he has CTE, but I don't know, man. I think there's something else wrong with the guy. It's a
1: ego. It's lack of accountability. It's being always being the big shot. We don't have those kind of complexes because we didn't grow up that way. But when you're never told, no, and that's your entire world. How are you supposed to think of any differently?
0: It just amazes me that he has grown to this mentality, being that at some point in his early career, he was a six round pick and he had to earn his right to that roster. So I know he did not act this way for the first couple of years with the Steelers. He had to have started acting this way after he got his first contract beyond the rookie contract.
1: Here's the fun fact uh, Matt Miller, uh, stick to football and bleacher report was talking about Antonio Brown. And the reason why he slid to the sixth round wasn't because of talent. It was because of the off field, this exact stuff. So in theory, the fact that it lasted this long before, uh, he blew up should be a testament to how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is.
0: And how talented the motherfucker is. I mean, it's just sometimes the talent outweighs the headache. And for a while, Antonio Brown was outweighing the headache. Um, It's an opposite situation with with Colin Kaepernick. Um, The headache was definitely not worth the talent, at least in most people's view. Uh, A lot of people think he should be hired based on his uh, stance and whatnot or whatever. But quite frankly, I'm not changing an entire offense for the stats that he's thrown up over the last couple years of his career. And he got hurt a lot. so. Sometimes the the talent isn't worth the headache. And right now, Antonio Brown is not worth the headache, especially with the fact that he may eventually go to jail.
1: I agree. If if everything clears out and he figures out his own shit, I'd be okay bringing him back, but not anywhere close until then, man.
0: Uh, The fact they couldn't last on the Patriots, man. And maybe it was just because of the pending charges that they felt they needed to get rid of them. But I feel that they thought the headache wasn't worth the talent. So if they think that, then I don't think there's any place in him for him in the NFL. Cause that's supposedly the gold standard team where you, that's the military school of the NFL. That's where you go to shape up. I mean, they turned around Randy Moss's career. They were able to do some shit to make people, have less personality and be more team oriented. And I don't think they, uh, they could do that with Mr. Brown. So I'm not sure Brown has a place right now. And XFL doesn't want him. Did you hear uh, the representatives talking about uh, him in the league there? Shit. If you're not wanted in a league that doesn't even exist right now, that's pretty fucked up. You know, you're bad.
1: You're really bad.
0: All right, dude, I think it's time to wrap it up for this week, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you got plans Monday night.
1: Um, probably gonna watch the football game and I guess maybe record a podcast
0: all right we'll we'll probably hook up like an hour or two beforehand, record something to talk about sunday nights uh Sundays games and whatnot. Just do a little review. I'm gonna try to do two or three podcasts a week, get back on the ball with this, try to give you guys as much content as I possibly can so Thank you very much for listening this week, guys. I really appreciate it. And moving forward, we're going to try to give you all the content that we can. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Sunday games.